everyone. Welcome to another episode of Poetry Says. My name is Alice. Thanks so much for listening in. Today I'm going to dive into the work of a poet who I've been avoiding for quite a while, and that's the American poet Donald Hall, who was married to my favorite poet of all time, Jane Kenyon, uh, until she died in 1995. And I just love Jane's work so much and something about that has pushed me away from her partner's work. I just, I don't know. I didn't want to know what Donald's work was like. I didn't want to find out that it was better maybe. And uh, yeah, so I haven't read anything by Donald Hall up until today. And part of the reason I've come to this poet is because I had the great pleasure and privilege to interview David Brooks a couple of weeks ago. And I'm going to put that interview out pretty soon. But David was so kind. He'd been going through his books in his library and he had these, these Donald Hall collections. And because he knew that I liked Jane Kenyon's work, he said, why don't you take these with you? And I'm pretty sure their first editions, they're signed by Donald Hall. So I'm pretty happy to have them, but I haven't opened them. They've been sitting in my unread pile for the whole time since I've been up in Sydney to interview David. So at least a month and they probably would have sat there for even longer. But I was at a spot where I really, I wanted to talk about Kenyon again because she's a poet that is just she's such a, a a support for me and and I find that she's just so wonderful to read whenever you're in a bit of a, a down period. But I thought today, okay, why don't you open the Donald Hall collection and just see what you can find in there to talk about? And sure enough, he's great. Like of course he's great. Of course he was gonna be great. Yeah, I don't know why I'm surprised. The book that I have here, it's it's so beautiful. It's called A Blue Wing Tilt at the Edge of the Sea, and it is selected from 64 to 74. And yeah, like I said, it's signed by him. And the, the poem that I opened to and that I thought, oh, I could easily talk about this, is a really simple one, or at least on the surface it seems really simple. It's called Long Days. And immediately as I'm reading it, I'm I'm thinking of Jane because like so many of Jane's poems that seem to be written to Donald, or as she called him, Perkins, this seems to be written to Jane as well. And yeah, I mean, there's just something so beautiful about their, their marriage, their love story is, is, is incredibly moving to me. She looked after him through cancer diagnosis and treatment. He looked after her through all her many depressions and uh, she eventually succumbed to leukemia, um, which seems to me particularly unfair when you've been working so hard at your depression for so long to then get leukemia. And they they wrote every day, it sounds like, um, from the, the accounts that I've read, and they read what they'd written that day to each other at the end of the day. It sounds like they had this really beautiful daily routine sharing their house at Eagle Pond Farm in Massachusetts. Um, And 
yeah, I guess this poem, Long Days, gives you a little glimpse into into some of that. I mean, look, I guess this could be about a different woman, but I'm pretty sure it's about Jane. So it's in a number of sections, and I'll just read the whole thing, and then I'll, I'll go back and dive back into it. Long Days. Sleeping together, we are gentle as a boat tied in a pond. Waking, my eyes open and fill with your face still sleeping. The young girls look up as we walk past the line at the movie and go back to examining their fingernails. Their boyfriends are combing their hair and chew gum as if they meant to insult us. Today we made love all day. I look at you. You are smiling at the sidewalk. Dear wrinkled face. You send me a smile like a postcard from Nova Scotia. Always be happy, Tubsy. Remember, turn off the daisies. Loving you, I am like some simple courtier in the Middle Ages with Amor Vincit Omnia on his shield who proved his valour as a knight by fucking the dragon. We walked in small streets, finding green balconies and turned into a green and yellow alley of artichokes, pears in triangles, tomatoes and lettuces. Crabs moved, gradually, half certain. And this is the second section, it's called Waters. A rock drops in a bucket. Quick, fierce waves exhaust themselves against the tin circle. A rock in a pool. A fast splash. And ripples move out, interrupted by weeds. The lake enormous and calm, a stone falls. For an hour the surface moves, holding to itself the frail shudders of its skin. Stones on the dark bottom make the lake calm, the life worth living. How is it now, the time of long days? Now I am accustomed to loving. Why did you wait so long? My fear. What is it like now? Being together, just being not minds and not bodies, but presence is wholly aware of the other person, which is almost not another person. What do you feel like when you are with her? As if everything lost came back to me, I found a walled garden where everything that I lost collected itself. I walk among the model airplanes and the dead friends. What are these walls? Secrecy, privacy and our troubles. Troubles? One day she is removed. We cannot find each other's eyes. Another day she feels me removed. I plan. She finds it constricting. I labour not to plan. She finds me distant. Are the faults all hers? She is angry and walks out slamming the door. She takes our objects with her. I talk to her. She comes back. Why is she angry? The painting you did for me at Christmas, the gold room, the ship passing in the bay, coffee cups on our yellow table, curtains of gold and the immense free uprising gay whirl of our flowers. I dreamed last night that I made love to a pot of daffodils. Closing my eyes, I see the paisley motes, intensely intricate moving shapes that pass into you. Your left foot moves and my right hand raises itself to block your fist while my left jabs at your unprotected jaw. But as I touch you, I wobble to my knees. Dear old Spara, we knock each other out.
When I think of you as an old lady, I open up petals to the August sun. The sun is full now, high in a green sky. Turn over from your light sleep, love. I caress your face that turns older in the afternoons and softens each season. We touch our changing bodies. Age is the sun's moving down, stone hills to a yellow sky. There's a lot in that poem that I'm really not sure what to make of. Specifically, the stanza about raising a hand to block your fist while my left jabs at your unprotected jaw. I hope that's not drawn from real experience, Donald. That sounds really nasty. I'm also struck by the multiple references to age showing on the face of this person that he's writing about the face that turns older in the afternoons and softens each season and um towards the start of the poem saying calling her dear wrinkled face i wonder what jane would have thought when she read this at the end of the day was she kind of like thanks donald yeah that's really nice when he wrote this, if this is selected 64 to 74, he would have written this somewhere between 35 and 45. There are images here that remind me of Jane's work as well. When he starts the poem, sleeping together we are gentle as a boat tied in a pond. That's so much like something she would write. She has a whole book uh, called The Boat of Quiet Hours. And there are a lot of lakes and ponds and bodies of water signifying stillness in her work, which is obviously what he's doing here. She also has um, probably one of her most famous poems called Otherwise, where she refers to taking her afternoon nap with Donald and... Um, yeah, that's what he, he starts with as well, just sleeping together with her. So yeah, there's the simplicity and the dailiness that you find all throughout Kenyon's work that's also present here. Both of the poets seem to be so satisfied to just write about those small daily things. And I think that's people writing in Australia that's a tradition that's really familiar to us as well. Something about zeroing in on the tiny moments. We're more concerned with the immediate and the relatively small rather than the expansive. The second beat in this poem is the couple walking past the line at the movies and that's full of those tiny moments with the girls examining their fingernails the boys combing their hair, chewing gum, the person that Donald is writing to, smiling down at the sidewalk. So there is a real stillness throughout the poem, but further in, he's starting to address things that are pretty... Um, well, there's that moment of, of potential violence between the couple, and there's also this discussion of troubles and arguments um i really like this bit one day she is removed we cannot find each other's eyes another day she feels me removed i plan she finds it constricting i labor not to plan she finds me distant are the faults all hers 
Well, clearly not. <laughs> In the preceding stanza, you've just outlined how both of you have got issues. Um, and then the next bit continues. She's angry and walks out, slamming the door. She takes out objects with her. I talk to her. She comes back. So again, it's that directness and simplicity, but dealing with, in this part of the poem, a lot of action, a lot of movement. The main difference I can see here between a Kenyan poem and Donald's poem is that he's happy not to create the same sort of smoothness that she would. Jane Kenyon will basically always round things off. She'll give you a conclusion. There's sort of a conclusion here, but it's not... None of the issues that he's raised, you know, the argument, the falling to his knees, all that stuff, these are just things that are introduced, but they're not really investigated and they're not given a conclusion or any kind of resolution. A Kenyan poem will very often give you a resolution, even if it's not a neat one. He comes close to it. The poem ends saying, age is the sun's moving down stone hills to a yellow sky. But we haven't dealt with anything that's happened in the poem, really. There's just been this collection of moments between a couple. Some of them have been very loving and calm and others have been very much full of anger and argument but I do like the fact that in writing about what sounds like a a relationship that's gone over many many years Donald Hall is including good and bad moments of doubt moments of fear moments of gentle gentleness and quietness that seems like possibly a more accurate representation than something you might find in Kenyon's work. She has uh, a poem called Alone for a Week, where she writes about washing Donald's shirts and putting them on the line and feeling very lonely. And it's really, really simple. And there's a lot of like bitterness in it. It's just a little moment of, of her feeling like she's been left And I like it particularly because I read in a piece that that Donald wrote about her and about his life with Jane that he'd actually only been gone for two days. (laughs) It wasn't a week at all. She just felt felt his absence so much that she, she wrote this poem. I might end with that one so we can have a little bit of Jane in here as well. Here we go. Alone for a week. I washed a load of clothes and hung them out to dry. Then I went up to town and busied myself all day. The sleeve of your best shirt rose ceremonious when I drove in. Our night clothes twined and untwined in a little gust of wind. For me it was getting late. For you, where you were, not. The harvest moon was full but sparse clouds made its light not quite reliable. The bed on your side seemed as wide and flat as Kansas your pillow plump, cool, and allegorical. 